Welcome to Cody and Gold on 610 Sports Radio. On today's show, should the Chiefs sit on their hands and do absolutely nothing this offseason? Is it too early to draft Travis Kelsey's successor? And the enemy knew his last year was a swan song in KC. Special guests include Josh Vernier at 1230. Now two guys vying to be the first people to join the Mile High Club from the new terminal out of KCI. Cody Tapp and Alex Gold. We do have ourselves a new terminal today. Now, I don't think what you said actually works or makes sense because the Mile High Club wouldn't have anything to do with the actual airport. Itself. Well, yeah, because you but guys could be the first people to fly out, of the, new out of the new airport from KCI Nick, to join the Mile High Club. That's probably already done, man. It's 10 o'clock in the morning. There's already been let me ask, multiple flights 10 out. 10 a.m.? It's already 8 over. 8 a.m. is too early. Guys, it's already let me, over. Wait, for, too early for, uh, for airplane sex. <laughs> What is the right time <laughs> for airplane sex? Cody, if it's like three in the it's afternoon, is that good with you? I think any time afternoon for the airplane. Oh, so two hours from now, then it's good to go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so how often do you guys think? <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say. Each day. <laughs> something else. How often each day is somebody joining the Mile High Club? Ooh. There's someone I've, had to have done some survey or research on this somewhere. I fly fairly often, and I've never suspected that there's... Cause it's just like so hard to sneak two people into the it's bathroom the without people. It's the smallest damn bathroom as well. Uh-huh. Barely can fit in there. Uh huh. It's kind of gross in there too. And there's always and there's always someone waiting to use the restroom. Yeah, you get you got. Here you go. Here's you got thirty six rows times six Nick, people. I didn't know we were going down this road to start the show, but as of two thousand and eighteen, according to a survey. 5% of people that responded to the survey say they have joined the Mile High Club. 78% say they would like to. <laughs> 78% said they would like to? My God. So 5% of people? Hey, let's put it this way. At least now the bathrooms, at least at the airport, are as clean as they can po- ever will be today. Right this second. As clean as they will ever be. That's nothing to do with the Mile High know, Club. That's a just, different kind of. That's just back into the bathroom. So that would tell me that there's about, about 108 people on each p- plane, 108 passengers. Is that right? No, no, times six. I bet double that. So a little over 200 pe- passengers on each plane. So, yeah, about two people, and it takes two to tango. Does it count? Is, does the Mile High Club count if, if you're by yourself? <laughs> I don't, I think, don't so. think that's how that works. I don't think that's how that works. Because that would be easier to pull off. <laughs> but well, much sadder. Yeah. Yeah. So s- much sadder. The uh, saddest, actually. Uh, that's the saddest thing a human could do. <laughs> Just. You walk out Ugh. of there sweaty. God. You're red in the face. Ugh. What are you doing in there, Cody? Jeez. How are oh, you guys man. doing? Everybody good? good. Happy Tuesday. <laughs> it's a hell of a way to start the show. We will talk about the airport in a little while because uh, finally, we don't have an embarrassing airport when people come to our city. The draft is just about two months away. The NFL scouting combine is going on today in Indianapolis. It's kind of that first event before we really get thick into uh, draft season and everything like that. So uh, Nick is still smirking over there, and we're going to see how long he, he continues to keep that up today. You can watch us on the yeah, video stream. Imagining um, someone. Why are you imagining it still? <laughs> why are you still having that in- I'm imagining in someone doing that and then claiming that it was the Mile High Club. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Like, the yeah, saddest join the, turn of events. Join the Mile High Club. No big uh, deal. Oh, jeez. Really? With who? Well, myself, but... Still counts. Still counts. That's not how that works. 
<laughs> you can hit us up on the J Southland Toe Service text line, 913-586-7610. Our first text of the day already says, it's not even 10.05 on a Tuesday. This show has me rolling and ready for the week. That's what we try to do. Mm-hmm. That's what we try to do. It's just good water cooler talk. Yeah, I mean, who isn't talking about that today? When the new airport opens up, these are the conversations people should be having if they're not already. So we will talk about the airport a little bit later on. Uh, Vern is going to join us from Arizona. Coming up at 1230, looking forward to talking to Vern. We haven't had him on in a little while, and now it's uh, we're in the middle of spring training. I do want to talk about Jackson Coar with him, who struggled yesterday, but it was his first appearance of spring. But is he concerned at all? Those are the kind of things we'll talk to Vern about. But the Chiefs have a couple guys potentially they could sign to long-term deals, right? Orlando Brown Jr., Chris Jones. We talked about Legereus Sneed and what they may or may not do there. That's about as far as like the true long-term deals. I'm not talking about a guy that's going to be a free agent like Juju that they might bring back on a two-year Or in two deal. years where like they might have to sign a guy like Creed. They, They're the, positioned well with the cap, though. It's so much better than just that. It's, to me, it's if you decide to stand pat. And you've made the argument, right? Just franchise tag Orlando Brown Jr., go on about your day. You don't have to sign Legereus Need to an extension this year and put any money at risk. If you just wait one year... They could roll into, and I know that is, this is playing the long game, which you told me you'd prefer they do rather than just ring chase for next year yes. to try to guarantee them the spot into it. You could make the argument they could go into 2024 with exactly zero bad contracts. None. Not a single one. Think about it. Like, no big wide receiver contracts that could go bad on you like the Kenny Galladay one did for the Giants. No bad running back contracts because Clyde would be gone no bad offensive lineman contract. Like, you could go into a year. I'm just, and that's not normal. NFL teams all carry bad contracts. That's part of about doing business, whether the Chiefs are carrying Anthony Hitchens' corpse towards the end or anything else that occur. Bad contracts happen under every team. It is legitimately sure. part of it. If a championship-caliber team was carrying zero, well, in 2024, they could do literally whatever the hell they wanted. If you're not carrying any back contracts, you have all the free money in the world. I thought this was part of the, the, the calculus, if you will, with the trade for Tyreek Hill. You know, the maybe they didn't buy him the full-on reset, but look, you've been up against the cap for a couple of years. You can kind of reset the, the cap a little bit to where then you can be a really, really aggressive in free agency again. I, I think they're going to get back to that point where they can go and, and make that huge free agent signing. I don't believe this is the year for that uh, for a couple reasons. One, what you just laid out, which is, you're, you're all of a sudden put yourself in a really good spot financially, and you also still do have potentially decisions to be made with guys in-house. Chris Jones's deal that we all assume they're going to do is going to be massive. I mean, it, it, is, it is going to be four years north of 120-plus mil, and then none of us on this show think they're going to do it, but Orlando Brown Jr. has potential to get a long-term deal. We all think he's either going to be you know traded or, or, or just play on the tag. I don't think any of us think the Chiefs are actually going to give him a four-year deal with more money than what they already offered him a year ago. Um, but they're they're in a really good spot. I mean, considering that you have the talent that we just laid out yesterday from Pro Football Focus, where they have three players in the top five of the league, if you believe at least that metric that they came out with, and then they have another four that are top 100 players, and four of them are on, you know, three of them, I should say, on rookie contracts. And with the Chiefs offense, Travis Kelsey might be the highest paid tight end, but he's basically your number one wide receiver, and financially, they got a steal. He's a half-priced for a high-priced wide receiver. Like, it's just, I, I go through every single one, and I'm like, all right, what's the riskiest deal they would even sign? Like, this off, the oh, riskiest is Orlando Brown <laughs> Yeah. That's the yeah. one. But that, to me, is like the argument for standing pat. Because, and I, look, we don't know what will happen to Orlando Brown Jr. 
and you never know which player it's going to be. But there are players in this league who get a big check and then just kind of, you know, lay low. Right? They don't try as hard. They don't work towards that goal. They don't play with the same. They miss a few extra games. It happens. And I don't know about Orlando Brown Jr. To me, my fear that it's him, that he's going to be that kind of player, is everything seemingly he's ever done is about that check, that first check. That's why I don't think he's ever taken a discount. And honestly, you and I, have, I mean, I, it's fine. I don't have a problem with players acting that way. But that always seems like, to me, the more likely person to just be like, well, I'm comfortable now. I got that big sp- stack of cash. Everything is fine. If you just lay, If you just hold off on that deal... Going into a year where you don't dislike a single contract on your roster, I feel like would provide you almost unprecedented ability to manipulate the market in a way that benefits you. Where 2024 would almost feel like, how could you not win the Super Bowl? And I know you don't want to wait a year or any of those things. And look, they've got Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. They win a Super Bowl in any damn year. If they don't sign anybody this offseason, they're still a Super Bowl contender because... They have Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. They are the Super Bowl favorite already for next season. That's not some made-up thing you can't see. I mean, literally, they are the Super Bowl favorite. If you go on whatever betting app you use, you go on MGM or FanDuel or whatever, Cody, they are the Super Bowl favorite. They've been the Super Bowl favorite from the minute the game ended in Phoenix a couple Sundays ago. So that is, well, they're like, going to remain that probably until they oh, show some sort of weakness in the regular exactly. season that actually makes people disbelieve in them. No question. There's not an off-season move anybody else can make uh, that will bump the Chiefs from being at least no. the preseason favorite. No, I can't think of it. Like, I don't know. I guess if the what, what's Philadelphia the Bills traded do? for Justin Jefferson? Like I don't know what. Wait, wait, really? It's like I'd have to hypothetical. Like no, the, Bill, you know the I mean? Eagles like, trade for Justin Jefferson. Is that the only move that you'd be like, okay, maybe? But even then, it's like, uh, no, 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 yeah. because I mean, we just saw what happened, and it's it's your point where they're where they're lined up for the future. Also, that's not even a thing that can actually happen, so it doesn't matter. Yes. Like a lot of this is just I like the idea. I, we've talked about this. Like, how much should they factor in the dynasty conversation? I understand why I would probably factor it in. Why I'd be like, being a dynasty has intrinsic value forever as a franchise. Being one of the dynasties. Like, you're going to put yourself in this little baby category all by your lonesome that is only possessed by one team each decade, and we all know their names, even though we weren't alive for most of them. We know the Steelers and the, and the 49. Like, we know those goals because of their dynasty sure. runs. Like, there's a value in being one of those franchises. But I don't, I mean, God, you can position yourself unlike any team. And I know they were playing the long game anyway. That was the whole trading Tyreek part of this thing and all that stuff. And they were trying to, but it's like they, they're stuck between a world where they could choose to even like keep playing that game even further and seeing where it takes you or they could take a big swing. And I feel like I, the more I think about it, the more I lean towards, man, I don't know. Not having any bad deals on the books, having the freedom to do what you want. Patrick Mahomes at 28, 29 years old. That feels pretty tempting. I feel like I'd be tempted to figure out what that version of a team could look like in a two, three, four year run. And that uh, this whole scenario is also another reason we can add to why, if you're asked, why do you believe Brett Veach is the best general manager in football? Uh, th- this is part a choice. Of the yeah. fact that they've got flexibility to go and pivot either direction and continue to stretch this thing out. Last year, the, the Tyree kill trade, yeah, set them up, but also I think it signified a willingness to to take some risk in that way. There's a lot of people this time last year, at this moment, this was before the Tyree kill trade, uh, would have said, "What what are you doing? We mean you're trading away Tyree kill? That's what what are you, you're getting you're getting rid of the the best offensive or second best offensive weapon for Kansas? Like what are you thinking?" And we all now fast forward, and it was in turn out to be an incredible trade for Kansas. They got the exact same result as what people were hoping for Super Bowl. And they're positioned better 
financially going forward. We'll talk more Chiefs football coming up uh, in about 15 minutes or so. We mentioned Travis Kelsey. I think it's interesting how the Chiefs could approach the draft in regards to Travis Kelsey and his future. Royal Spring training continued yesterday. You heard the game right here on 610 Sports Radio. I guess they're not going to go undefeated in Cactus League play. Fell short yesterday. That's not going to Strong happen. Strong outing from Zach Greinke, but yeah, Greinke was good. Not There's so much. A little bit later on the, the bullpen. The bullpen. We'll apart. talk about Jackson Coar later with uh, with Josh Vernier. But the one thing that continues to happen, small sample size for all games in spring, whether it's the Cactus League or the Grapefruit League down in, in Florida, baseball games right now have been 30 minutes shorter on average. 30 minutes shorter. And this, of course, has to do with the pitch clock and some other things that are, are eliminating. It's not just the pitch clock, but, you know, you can't throw over the first as much after the third time, I think it is. Basically, it creates more steal opportunities. Which is great for a team who steals, like a- abso- Royals. Absolutely. It's why I still think it's funny. I was looking at odds for stolen bases this year. Guess who has the second best odds to have the most stolen bases in baseball this year? He's a former Royal. Whit? Former Royal. Not with Merrifield, sorry. Different former <laughs> Royal. Adelbert Okay. And oh, Montes the does. second he's best behind, odds? He's behind Ronald Acuna Jr. For, Must uh, think he's playing. They, yeah, we all know how that usually usually goes. Either way, I love it, man. I, I think it's fantastic. I, as we said the other day, I don't know if it necessarily means that people are going to suddenly watch more baseball games from their television set or listen on the radio longer. But 30 minutes shorter to me is more about in the ballpark and what that means. That you're, you go to a game that has a 7.05 first pitch, let's say, on a Thursday night at Kauffman Stadium. And, and by have, the way, in and the April and September dates, that's actually a 6.40 first even pitch. Even better. They jumped so, it up a half an even hour. Even better. So 6.40 first pitch on a Thursday in May, Cody, before school is out. And you're there with your kids. And you're saying, normally, hey, we're going to get like four innings of baseball in. Normally, four innings, that still might be what? 8.15? Yeah. 8.30? Now there's a chance. Oh, wait. We got to go on by 8.30. We might actually get six innings. We might be able to watch six innings now, which means in turn, more people are staying in the ballpark longer. Your kid's asking you to buy them some Dippin' Dots ice cream a little bit longer. Like All that kind of stuff contributes to people being at the ballpark longer. And I think that, to me, is more what I'm excited for. I'm not going to now be like, man, the game's 30 minutes shorter. I'm more likely to watch a baseball game on TV. Look, I, we already watch, right, Gold? Right. We watch the sports, so it's a little bit different from this perspective. This is the first legitimately good thing Baseball has done to alter its viewability in so long. Probably since they juiced the baseball, for being honest. Because we can knock the steroid era. Um, Fans loved it. Absolutely. Okay? So, from a viewability standpoint, the steroid era was great. They had a ton of eyeballs on the TV. Everyone wanted to watch McGuire and Sosa slug it out. That was great for people consuming and enjoying and becoming fans of their sport. This is the best thing they've done since that. And weirdly enough, for a sport that has been so far behind so many things, this is the thing they're actually ahead of the curve on. You do realize that college football last week was having a conversation about what the hell did they do about shortening their football games. They were saying, um, should we, hey, should we actually just maybe have that clock roll at the first century? Like, yes, obviously. Nobody wants to watch a five and a half hour college football game either. I understand it's a more like traditionally entertaining sport from like the action standpoint or anything. Each but, game means more, right? You know, versus 162. Yeah, yeah. but dude, yeah. come on. Five and a half hours are still uh, in line. I, every I other sport, every sport, including the NFL and all of them in between, they're all going to be looking to shortening their sport. They all realize that the advantage, and honestly, I think that this is a huge, this is like the biggest dork, but it's like the huge cultural shift. I think in the ability to stream or watch it, I don't think people want three-hour sporting events. I think they would have preferred like a two-hour window in which to watch these things. And look, baseball is never going to get themselves down to two hours. NFL is never going to get themselves down to two hours. And I don't think that NFL has to. 
But shaving 10 or 15 minutes off makes a massive difference. And yeah, I think you're way more likely to take your kid to a game that starts at 640. You stay for two hours. That might be to the seventh inning. I'm still gone by 840? Home by nine? I can't. That's, that's, that's a tangible life difference for most people. And if you get more people in the building, well, you know how it is. More fans, more products sold, more concessions sold, whatever. From a team perspective, I don't I know just, what the hell it took baseball I, so long. I just I'm way that. more excited about that than even the shift changes. Yeah, I mean, I, that, that'll be interesting to see how it plays out in particular because, you know, J.J. Pacula, who's going to join us on the show tomorrow, has, has spoken multiple times how they think the shift going away can help them in particular because of the left-handed bats that they have uh, in their lineup. But also, I, I think watching a game and getting sick and tired of the adjusting of the batting gloves for, for 20 seconds and, you know, Juan Soto, I know he's got his signature signature walk-up kind of, but, like, the, the taking forever to dig into the batter's box and all that. Like, let's get get your ass back in the batter's box. Let's play some baseball. Same with the pitchers. There's the, I don't know, was the Clevenger or whoever the pitcher is for the, uh, wasn't Clevenger, pitcher for the uh, Guardians the other day. And he's like moving his shoulders up and he twitches and he adjusts his hat a hundred times. And he's like, and he grabs his junk a few times and then he's ready to pitch. Let's go pitch the damn baseball, please <laughs> pitch the damn baseball, make the adjustment. And that's what I'm excited about as well. Like you just don't, you don't want to go that. like, let's go, let's go. Like it happens in other sports too, but it's like a fixed amount of time. There's still a play clock. It's ticking away. You can goof around as much as you want, just as long as you're up there before stuff starts happening. Like, you have to do something. Again, I still think the shift might help, too, because it might be more action, more runs yes. scored, because that's the only other thing that baseball was fighting for a while is, you know, like, they were having a hard time getting actual action in their sport. Okay, cool. Like, people were hitting 250 on average for the first time in, like, a gajillion years in their sports. Like, nah, eh, that's kind of an issue. But it's, this is at least, at least it's moving. Because, like, baseball does always have constant action. We just don't think of it the same way. A pitch is action. There's something happening. But if the pitch takes two and a half minutes to occur, then really there's nothing wow. happening. Now then, something's going to happen. Every 20, every 20 yeah. 25 seconds, something is happening on a baseball field immediately. Yeah, and you're throwing over the first six times. Yeah, you can't do that anymore. These are all things that, that it is amazing, actually, why it took so long. And pretty soon, a year from now, we're going to say, you know, this is the, the players will be adjusted by then. There'll be some weird instances like we've seen in the spring where there'll be some controversy around it. But, you know, again, make adjustments. Your, your routine has to adjust sometimes. And these pitchers, especially as the cycle do they continues. Act like nobody's ever been asked to do something yeah. different in their job yeah. ever. Yeah. Like ever. At like, times. hey, Nick, we're going to need you to come in 10 minutes early. And you're like, never. I'll I'll die before they make me do it. That's the reaction baseball players give to some this of this. This is every sport. College basketball coaches are doing it right now with NIL stuff. Oh, yeah. Their job becomes, or the transfer portal too. Sure. Their job becomes slightly more difficult. Their job changes just a little bit, and they say, it's ruining the sport. <laughs> My day-to-day -day activities are different now, and this is the worst thing that's ever happened. Have any of these people like ever had, like, a kid and had to, like, <laughs> adjust, I don't know, 7,000 things about how they live their life? Like, they've never had one single life change, or they're just holding yeah, on to the sport of, is the thing that can't. A lot of them have been coddled for a while, Cody, and haven't yeah. had to actually do a lot on their own. That's, that's what happens sometimes. So I'm excited about it, man. I'm excited about it. We'll talk to Fern about these changes. Zach Greinke, of course, uh, did speak a little bit. We'll, we'll play some of that later on in the show. Spoke about, you know, a guy that's been pitching the league for his entire Good career. Pitch and now he's got the pitch com. He's got the pitch clock. 
uh, what does that mean for for Zach Greinke? So that's coming up. But today is an exciting day in Kansas City. We all know big events continue to happen in KC. Talk about people who ate change. We got, we got, talk about a transition. <laughs> we've got uh, the draft coming up at the end of April. We know the World Cup in 2026. We've got now a football team that's winning championships on a regular basis. We're spoiled. Uh, we can go on and on. There's obviously some other exciting projects happening downtown in, in Kansas City. We all know just in general from 10 years ago, downtown and Crossroads and all the is, is so much better and, and, and developed compared to what it was. And today, the, the airport terminal, I'll say terminal because people get mad when I say the new airport open. They're like, it's not a new airport. It's a new terminal. Whatever. It's a new airport terminal. Who are open. these people you're describing? Oh, I, is that mentions, a real mentions, person? Yes, in my mentions. People were upset when I made a tweet months ago. About That's a fake. That's so a bot. Are, those, those are no, bots. Those so are anyway, no, they're Twitter people, it's, it's, so they're not real anyway. The new, the new <laughs> terminal opened up. It looks absolutely gorgeous. And now it is, like, it is, it sounds weird, but like, it is something you can be proud of in Kansas City. We know for so many years, right? People would come into Kansas City, and our, it's embarrassing what the old airport looked like. Absolutely embarrassing. Dude, it was nowhere, the dumbest nowhere airport. Nowhere to get anything to drink. The bathrooms weren't working. And now we have a, a truly state of the art airport and i saw a lot of the photos coming out today and videos uh from people that were already there and all the 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 market area that they're gonna have it's it's awesome i I can't wait actually it sounds weird like i can't wait to fly out of kansas city when's the when's the first time you will fly out i don't have i don't as of right now i don't have a flight book mine'll be april 1st yeah you're going to georgia or whatever for the masters right yeah april 1st nick probably next week or something i mean the guy just goes to denver no mine is actually also going to be that weekend April first. I don't know if it's actually April first, but it's okay. that weekend sometime. I'm you excited. Know, it's Check not it out, just. Man. I'll tell you what, man. It's not just like the airport and that the airport's been an embarrassment. I think a lot of people, especially some of the older people that have been in Kansas City for a long time, can attest to this that you know, Kansas City's infrastructure has been an embarrassment. You know, for most of, for for a lot of our lives up until the last really 20 years. Whether you're talking about the airport, the Hyatt Regency, Kemper Arena. I mean, Truman Sports Complex has been fine, but that was not exactly what they anticipated when they built that thing. It's been a lot of like bad missteps and bad executions one after another. And when you sort of think about this sort of renaissance that's been happening over the last 20 years, but really, you know, even more so lately over the past 10 years. Probably like started this, with power and light. Yeah, it's just... Finally, your infrastructure is on a laughing stock. People don't come to Kansas City and say, "What is this place? What happened? Is this like did I time travel back into the seventies? Yeah, like, we're starting to get things that we are proud of in this city, and that's a really cool feeling. I'm sure you guys have all had this experience, whether it's in the last year or the last five plus years or so. Like, you have a friend that comes into town that like, that never been to Kansas City before, and they're all pleasantly surprised. Like, they're like, "Well, this, well, this is." This can this is Kansas City. Like, oh, this is really like I, I actually had a friend coming in a couple weeks ago and just downtown and they're just like, Oh, this like Kansas, this is I, I could actually live here. And this that was a comment that somebody made. Like, I think people are pleasantly surprised, and that's what's fun and what's cool about it. And we know we have these marquee events. World I mean, international events like the World Cup. I mean, it doesn't get bigger than NFL that. NFL draft is borderline international. Oh, you don't it's get, so big. You don't get the NFL draft without this airport. Abs- I, well, I mean, that's a fact. Like that is a fact. Absolutely. Yeah, they promised they, that yeah, as part of their that, pitch. that is a fact. And it got done on time too, which is not you well, know, and, sometimes and, you like, wonder the project got done on time and on budget, I believe. And I know so. that there's other people who feel this way. Someone on the text line said, guys, it's an airport. Let's calm down. It's it's a big deal. Like having a place, like a, a hub that can house more people, that is some a place that like people from around the country actually well, can, want to fly into 
it is a big deal for the city. It, it can really also is. improve your quality of life. There will be more flights out, which means better prices, more destinations, more nonstop flights. Like those things actually do matter to so many people. Like I know that it affects a lot of the people who are coming in here or stuck here in a delay or going to have to have a layover here. Now they don't have to go to the one kiosk that might be open Guys. where Nick's harassing no, security guards over some peanuts. People out of the peanuts. way to avoid Kansas City. They'll go to Minneapolis or Dallas to make sure they don't have to stop in Kansas City for an hour and a half. We remember the video from um, Tracy Wolfson, right? Tracy Wolfson. Oh, yeah. She's talking about, like, having pizza delivered. Sideline reporter. She was here for, I think it was a regular season Chiefs game. And it it was late on a Sunday night. They were trying to fly out. And they had no food. They were all starving. They couldn't get any food. And she had, like, Domino's or something delivered to the airport because there were no food options. No more. That's done. Thank goodness. Like, that's embarrassing. So when you have all the media that is coming into town for the draft, I think that'll be, it's just, that's the first impression so many people have about your city. People fly into your city. And now the first impression is a hell of a lot better than what it's ever been. And it's the, it's, it's state of the art, newest airport in the country. Now I'd still like some better public transit, but oh, feels like we're, we're getting there, yeah. right? We're getting there. The city's better. I'm excited. I don't know that I'm least excited. I think you are like you are going to get to the airport like two hours early your first time flying out. Yeah, probably. You're just yeah. gonna walk around, yeah, soak prob- it in. Probably. Yeah. No more renderings, That's guys. Weird. It's actual That's re- weird. actually <laughs> Don't get to the airport early. Just get there and I'll get with there the adequate earlier. amount of time. The first time I'll get there a little early because things are in different spots, right? You know, we've all know the airport like the back of our our, our, our no, hand. But it doesn't matter. No? Okay. I mean you just you just follow the signs, you know. There's lots of airports I haven't been to, and you just just, just go in. Just walk all the signs up. I'm, a, I'm gate B32. The first it says time it's I that go, way. The first time I go, I want to stop. In, uh, first time I go, I'll probably stop and get a beer. Something I, ha- I haven't had a beer at KCI in years. Because uh, you can't find you it. Can't, well, hold on. You're not giving credit to the, the tequilaria. And yeah. what was the other one? There were two. I have gotten the chips and salsa <laughs> from that tequilaria so many damn times. <laughs> Aren't you excited about a multitude of options? Uh, there's a yeah. Dunkin' Donuts at the airport. There's all. I want to be part of the crew that sticks that dynamite in that godforsaken building. <laughs> the, the other terminal, Terminal B. They should let us do it as a radio giveaway. Like that, we we can we'll give away. You get to pull one. You get to push one plunger down. Slowly destroy this hideous I don't, I don't think those plungers actually even do anything. I think it's those are all ceremonial. Show. But that's fine. I still it would still it. feel good, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's the point. I don't care. You don't actually <laughs> want to put dynamite in my hands. Just let me do the plunger thing. Can we get can we get the mayor on? Is he in charge of that? Of the dead the of who de- of who gets yeah. to do the ceremonial detonation? Do you want to have like goes. a farewell slumber party there? We'll just like stay in Terminal B. No, someone said we should. I have will done our show. never step foot. Someone in that said we should again. have done our show from the airport today. The old one or the new the one? The new one. The new one. Would have been hmm. funnier to do it from the old one. <laughs> just just, <empty laughs> just <nobody> there. <laughs> do whatever we want, man. Yeah. Just do laps. Just yeah. like one dude prying up stuff off the wall to steal. Just like snuck in. He just pried stuff <laughs> off and taking it. Coming up next, though, uh, there's a plan at some point that's going to have to happen for the future tied in in Kansas City. Cody says it's a little too early. I disagree. We'll tell you what the plan could look like next. All right, just getting started here on a Tuesday. It's Cody and Gold. This song has some meaning. Uh, You you don't have any clue about it yet. I'll explain. This morning, Nick has played it 100 times, and it's stuck in all of our heads because there might be a future project 
based off of these lyrics and tying it into Kansas City, in particular, the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. And well, you just, dude, are you kidding me? Gave it all away. Are you kidding me? You have played this nonstop today. It's going to be stuck in my head all day. Yeah, and he's still playing it. Don't ruin the bit, dude. <laughs> no, there's no bit. Not anymore. No that whole bit. song is dead. That whole idea is dead. No, it's, dead? No, it's not. You cannot. You don't do you, that. Why, why did you play the Day, song? Does Jay-Z come out and say, hey, man, I'm writing also, a song about my wife tomorrow. Also, Cody, you're going to love it. Almost with the exception of the last song, all the other songs Cody has told us he's working on. And yeah, but this is my us. idea. Oh, that's the issue. So this is my Cody, idea. You're, you're fine with it getting spoiled if it's Cody's idea. Cody can do whatever he wants with his stuff. Well, I'll just spoil more details. You weren't going to sing it anyway. Cody was going to have to sing it. So it's How do you why, know? How you, do you, you know? Weren't, you weren't. You but don't know anything, if you man. Were, if you were worried about it. <laughs> I'm to come over there and punch <laughs> you right in the face. If you were worried about it getting spoiled, Nicholas, then you wouldn't wow. have played the song, man. You wouldn't have played the song. It's just the first song that came up on the playlist. No, it wasn't. It's, it's it just a song that's Dude, I tell you, I have a playlist you. with a thousand songs on it that we use for bumping. It's just random. That was the first one that came up. Just happened to happen today. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting timing, though. Maybe yeah. he saw that. It, you know, he saw it yesterday. It was getting ready to come up with a playlist, and that's what made him think of it. Mm. I don't think that's how. It you works. guys think way too much into this stuff. You I guys think say- there's always some sort of motive. There's always well, there is. every single always time something going on. Yeah, I think that is the case sometimes. I think there's a rhyme or reason for for how you go about your business. I think certainly there there's a reason why we pay attention to what's going on today in Indianapolis and some of the comments. And there's a rhyme or reason a lot of times for those, the smoke screen that exists. Daniel Jeremiah over at NFL network was talking about the tight ends in this draft guys. And I know Nick, you had a mock draft sounder a couple days ago, maybe last week with a, a tight end involved as the chiefs pick at 31. Daniel Jeremiah said, quote, I think the tight end group in this draft is the best he's seen in the last 10 years. He said right now, there's 11 players at the position that he expects to go in the first three rounds. That would be an NFL record if that actually happens, by be the way. a crazy high number. And the one that he really focused in on was a guy by the name of Dalton Kincaid. He's a tight end from Utah. And he said, quote, he kind of looks like Travis Kelsey, just the way he moves in and out of breaks. Based on what Daniel Jeremiah is saying there, I think you can make an argument and I wouldn't hate the idea of trying to go ahead and put together a succession plan for a tight end in Kansas Feels City. early, doesn't well, you it? you also think he's playing until he's 30. I know, but come on. Come on. Even if you don't think he's playing until he's... People thought Noah Gray might have been the replacement. That was too early. That was way too early. You don't think that this is a bit premature? No. no that there doesn't need to be... Like, let everyone it's take all these your, tight ends, and then you can find your, yours later. To your process. Two years from now, there's a real scenario where you need another guy that can play tight end for you. Well, then just take him in the first round. Then you got five well, I, years I, of I, runway. Yeah, I mean, I, I no. wouldn't be against that. If you told oh, me they man. took a tight end at 31, I would not hate it. The other part about this is that whatever the Travis Kelsey succession plan is, it's just going to be like the normal tight end succession plan. They're just going to have like a guy who has like, they're going to have like a tight end like everyone else in the league. They're going to have like some dude with like 500 yards. You say that. 
Like, they're obviously not going to have a Hall of Famer necessarily. Seems pretty unlikely. Uh, but yeah. I want to remind you, they did go from Tony Gonzalez. They had a couple years of Brad Cottom and Tony Moiaki, and then they found Travis Kelsey. So let's not act like it's impossible for them to have one of the better tight ends at no, some point but in I the mean, future. But, but I mean, that's like saying, tra- like, I just assume whoever the Packers take next to quarterback is going to be a superstar, and I don't. Right, but by this logic, Cody, they should never draft another tight end again. You're no, just like, I definitely don't think that. I'm just saying, like, I don't think they have to spend a first-round pick on a tight end. Whichever tight end they get it. will be like every other well, tight end in the NFL. What if I told you this is one of the strongest tight end drafts in recent history? That's what there he just be. said. Daniel, it didn't do anything for him. Darnell Daniel Washington. Jeremiah. We just said it's like Darnell Washington, 6'7", 280 out of Georgia. They're saying he might run in the 4.63, range. That's a big saying You say you don't want 6'7", 280 lumbering down the field at 4.6 speed? I am kind of interested in, Sign in that specifically. Me Where's he going? Up. He's a school bus. Uh, he's going somewhere probably in the first round. It depends what he runs. Like testing. Right Kincaid. now he's right now he is listed at, at to go at the end of the first round. But if he runs a four six, he probably will go up. Dalton Kincaid, Michael Meyer out of Notre Dame. This kid's the real deal. They're saying he might be like uh, Dalton Schultz type. How about Luke Musgrave out of Oregon State? Dude's fast as hell, Cody. What's your problem with I good tight ends? I think this goes Nothing. Back to, I love having the single greatest tight end in NFL history in Kansas right, City and think right. he will be here for many years. Okay, that's not how good GMs operate. They don't just assume whatever's happening now is going to happen no, forever. No, they try to start solving their problem a year or two in advance. Yeah, but I'm telling yeah. you that it's not a year or two before Travis Tight Kelsey end is off. not a normal position. We just got, Wide receivers and running backs uh, hit the ground running. They can contribute right away. Tight ends usually you, take two or three years. Are you willing to make the full shift? Because like the Chiefs run more heavy set personnel even though it looks a little bit different because there are more deep you're offense not supposed to say heavy it. set you're supposed to say fat fine <laughs> there are more, more fat, fat personnel, personnel than anyone in the nfl i just like are you willing to go you know like the full shift that the patriots took for a while where it's like if the guy's really good the argument my only problem is here yeah. if he's really good uh-huh. you have to change the way your offense generally functions because you not believe it for, for by the way for you to have kelsey your prediction of kelsey at 38 to work. Don't you think that they need to take a little bit of wear and tear off his body over the next three, four years? And how do you do that? You have another guy healthy all the time. Not Cody, again, but too late on the wear and tear. He also got to there, the league. There has to be a middle several ground, years though. later. No, there has to be a middle ground here. Like from what I'm saying and what you're saying, where it's like, yeah, he's not, he's not going to just be a, you know, th- this specimen that never gets hurt and doesn't, he even commented this year after the Super Bowl and said, this was the most, the toughest year on his body of his NFL career. Doesn't scare you at all? I'm not saying it doesn't scare me at all. I just wonder if th- this feels like a year premature. That's all. So next year you're good. But it's not a premature I don't you, because, I don't think be good next because year. of the draft is no, so deep. No, because they were already doing it. They did it last year with Juju. Where did they use Juju? Juju was not a guy beating dudes on the side on the sidelines. He wasn't ripping the top off the defense 20 yards downfield. Across the middle, underneath. They use Juju in a way to take some hits off of Travis Kelsey. They're already doing it. They're already trying to preserve him. So if they go out, let's say they don't re-sign Juju, it puts even more of an onus. You're not going to go into next year with nobody else who can take some pressure off Kelsey across the middle of the field, where, by the way, Patrick Mahomes was the number one quarterback in the NFL this year. 
I understand this notion. I'm just saying they're going to have to structure their offense in a different way. Look, if, if the plan but is... They won't. No, they don't, what, do you, what do you mean? Why do they have to structure their offense in a different way? They're already doing it. They didn't attack the sidelines hardly at all this year. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're willing to just fully buy in, it's the Aaron Hernandez, Rob Gronkowski version of the offense where you're like, we're just going to attack the seams. Nothing but... We're just going to go up the middle and attack you that way permanently. And that's fine. I'm not saying they can't go that approach, especially because wide receiver costs have gotten so high. Maybe going that road's not not crazy. Nobody's saying if they draft a tight end that Travis Kelsey's just going to fall off the face of the earth. Of course not. You can draft a tight end, and and it's going to take multiple years for that tight end to be a reliable weapon in the offense. So you can can develop that. I think on a a – probably premature scale they drafted Noah Gray and everybody overreacted and thought oh my gosh this guy could be the Kelsey replacement either he never developed into that or Travis Kelsey just continued to play at a high level and is doing it at a lot longer uh is going to do it at a lot and he thought that Noah Gray can be part of the future plans uh I don't not not as far as the number one tight end no well I mean and that's the conversation we're having here right can they replace him as the number one tight end but the way we're describing it is they never will it's well, they, it's about it's about will. I can promise you that Travis Kelsey. No, will get replaced. but what I'm saying yeah. is like if you draft him now, I don't think there's any chance that this tight end will ever replace him as the number one until Travis Kelsey's just done playing football. I think that this would be about a concerted plan of two tight ends being the way we run our offense. Like I understand the way you're saying is like, hey, he can take a game off. He can take a few snaps off, whatever. And you've got a tight end who doesn't make you fundamentally change the way you're going to attack the defense I because he's not on the a, field and a, and a, a team that's going to consistently make the playoffs going to play more games than anybody else does in football, because that's what they have been doing by the way, over the last three, four years. They're oh yeah. They're adding on game or two that, than that pretty much add, anyone else. You know, you're adding on an three. extra, you're basically speeding up a, a year of, of games. I understand that Kelsey didn't play as many early in his career, but yeah, he, he got to the league a little bit later, which is kind also, of important from the Tony Gonzalez perspective, but he's also in his thirties now. And so like, as we all know, you don't feel the same at 33 as you did at 22 let alone when you're having people trying to tackle you full speed. There's no way his body feels the same now as what it did five years ago. So while you may have the, the wear and tear at your body on 22 is not the same as getting wear and tear at 30, but there's, but there's no reason to think that he's not going to be nearly a thousand yard wide res, or, or tight end for at least the next four or five well, years, based on the fact that Tony Gonzalez was able to do it before started earlier. So you can't just say that the number of games Tony Gonzalez, by the time he was his age had played in, Cody, Four forty years, more games. Cody, I'm not going to lie to you, man. I think the fact that your argument is predicated on the idea that Travis Kelsey is just going to do this forever is a little flimsy. You cannot, you can't operate that way if you're the if team you're a of an NFL team. You have to plan for the future. You have to plan for the reality that every player starts to break down eventually, and you don't know when it's going to be. He just had the most receptions in his, and this speaks to how great he is. He just had the most receptions in his career, but like that can't, like that he can't do that for three or four more years. Cody, 152 targets and 110 catches for four more years. Like at some point, your body does break down. Well, and tight end's not a position so where I, you can I plug wanna, and play. Like hope, you have to uh, get those guys. Acclimated to the NFL. I mean, Tony Gonzalez right. had his third highest right. catch total at age 36 and 930 yards. I'm giving him the standard that is, Nick, I, I don't disagree with you. NFL GMs have to have a plan. They have to have a plan in place. All those things are accurate. But I would say that you don't have to treat Kelsey like you would any other 33-year-old player. I think you can have a different or a varied plan with him because you can uh, – You, I don't think it's insane to assume – he is the exception, not the rule. But if you want him to still do what he's doing now, Cody, two years from now, I'm telling you that you have to lay off the, the gas pedal a little bit for him if you want him to do what you think he can do. 
I don't think it can be 152 targets for four straight years and that you expect his body just to hold up. I'm telling you, for him to still be a 1,000 to 1,200-yard guy two or three years from now, you're saying like four or five. I feel like here in 2025, you'll still say another five years. I think we've, like you said, four or five years two years ago for Travis Kelsey. You know, honestly, I'm probably a lot more open if it's not a premium pick. I just don't like the idea of taking a guy after the, you know, the first Second or third, you're fine. You just don't want first, though. Yeah, that's too high. It's just like you've got other more important needs than replacing Kelsey. I get it. It's not about replacing Kelsey. If they think that this guy is. That's you're telling me it's all about. It's about the eventual Kelsey replacement. No, it's about. It's, it's there's a difference between being someone's replacement and being someone's successor, right? Like having guys because yeah. the tight end position you don't. How often do we have you seen a tight a rookie tight end play well? Kyle Pitts is the only one I could think of in recent memory. Um, Usually, guys take two three years because it is not a position where you're ready to contribute straight out of college. It takes a couple years. So if you draft the tight end this year, the idea is not going to be that he's going to contribute for you this year or maybe even next year. You're talking about year three by the time you're ready to make them a full part of your offense. So you have to think that way if you're a GM and a coach, not just, well, wait for Kelsey to fall off, then we'll go get his replacement. You have to start now. I mean, your point on the how long it takes tight ends to get there is pretty fair. I, I mean, I looked Most at the list, Most of my and points were pretty but... fair, and they're all good. And I think you <laughs> should I'm just not. admit, no. you lost. No, I'm you not admitting that. You lost this discussion. Yes, you did, man. That's my first note. Write something down. Nick's notable notes. Note number one, you lose. Disagree. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's keep this train of ac- the acquisition of pass catchers. Okay, let's frame it like that. Okay. Kenny Galladay hits the <laughs> open market. Guys, talk about absolutely fleecing theft. the New York Giants. You know, hustle or die. Jason Brown, when he joined the show just seven days ago, he said, hustle or die, man. You got to hustle or you die. Kenny Galladay hustled the hell out of the Giants. He is just one of what I assume will be many wide receivers to hit the open market, whether that means by free agency or the trade market this offseason that you maybe didn't know were going to become available. Um, First things first, this isn't really the point of this conversation, but do you guys have any interest whatsoever in Kenny Galladay? Pass. Uh, Oh, hold on, wait. One-year league minimum. Yeah. Sure. So the Calvin Benjamin special. Not even incentive. I'm not even willing. Just just the league minimum deal that he is allowed to be offered. I'll put incentives in there. Yeah, I'll put some incentives in there because that means he's actually producing. So I'm (laughs) I'm good with that. But the dude had six catches this past season. Six. Six catches. That's all. Well, there was other stuff going on. Uh huh. Which is him deciding that once he got his payday, I'm he trying not to get greedy. Anymore. We got Kadarius Tony, who looks like he's going to be a factor. I don't. Let's now just get all the Giants. I don't know about you. I've always thought is the Giants is a place to go find my wide receivers of the future. You know, this is about that time it's of year when when they're at the guys. <laughs> the combine is this week. This is when all the GMs are sitting next to each other, saying, "Hey, who at are you Saint looking Elmo's to? Who are you looking cocktails. to get rid of? Huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, you got anybody on the scrap heap you don't want anymore?" And I'd imagine Brett Veach is kicking the old tires, putting the sniffers out on potential wide receiver candidates. And we, we know one that might be on the move. DeAndre yeah. Hopkins, the Chiefs should go and trade for DeAndre Hopkins and give him a contract extension. You really, disgusting you really want D-Hop, huh? He's good. Three years ago, he nah. was the best wide receiver in football. Uh, when he came back from it. his suspension this year, he was the best wide receiver in football and then they decided you know what this the, is a lost season on. let's rest the him best yep. wide receiver yep. in football yeah, he wasn't about his Jefferson. yeah 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 or yeah, Tyreek yeah, yeah. like no yeah yeah he was 
DeAndre Hopkins a couple years ago, yes. You Am I allowed to like, fact check that? He's coming off of a suspension, as you said, Nick. He Give also me the game logs. Missed the Give last, me the game logs, he Cody. He also missed the last two weeks because of a knee injury. Yeah, the rest is um, not getting any younger. After coming back, were 10 for 103, 12 for 159, 4 for 36, 10 for 98, 9 for 91, 4 for 87, yeah, it's not 7 for that. 79, it is and 7 for that. 60. No, That's not. actually a lot better than I thought it was going to be. He will be 31 on June the 6th. Travis Kelsey. He's 33. Also, he also, it's a fact. He's an ageist. He also. Gold is an ageist. He, he hates all old people. He also <sighs> wants a new contract, reportedly. Yeah. So that's a problem. Why is the that a problem? He wants is, to get compensated call, for you, his time. You call me an ageist. The general manager of this football team to this point in time has not been willing to give new contracts to anybody that's not homegrown past the age of 30. Okay, you give him a and little two-year deal. And now you want to give deal. draft pick compensation as well. You give him a little two-year deal. Okay. Team friendly. No, you, why, why would he sign? Why do you think team friendly? Because he wants a ring. Friendly. You know what? I want everybody. Does he? I want everybody yeah. to sign a team friendly deal, Nick. He it's wants to win. He wants to win a ring, man. Mm-hmm. And By what the way, better place to do it in Kansas City? He doesn't even have to sign a team friendly deal. He'll just play under his current contract because his current contract is about sixty percent of what top end wide receivers he's make. He's the type of guy if who would want to prove it. He wants if, to prove if, it. I, <laughs> if he wants to stay on his current deal, we actually said at the, the day the news broke that they were going to shop him around. I think we had a conversation, and I said, Cody said as well, if he wants to play on the, the current deal, then that's a much different conversation. The issue is all the reports indicate he wants a new deal to put him in line Why with the Why are we acting like 30 years old all of a sudden? Because I'm giving up draft pick compensation, and I'm giving a new deal. Should have just kept Tyreek Hill if you're going to do that, No, because you're not going to have to pay him as much as you paid Tyreek. No, no, he'll ask for less. He'll ask for less. Trust me. He's got back. Okay, what about Mike Evans? What about Mike Evans? What if the Bucks are hitting the reset button? I'm definitely a little more interested in Mike Evans because his track record still consists of multiple thousand-yard seasons the last couple of years. He's also, guess what, Nick? Under 30 years old. Not by much, though. Barely. But, yeah, dude, he's like six <laughs> be, months younger than DeAndre August. Hopkins. He'll be 30 in August. So he's 30. We're just pretty much 30 by the time he starts the season. Cody, you interested in He'll be either 30. of these guys? Um, I'm probably more interested when in did you guys, DeAndre Hopkins. When did you guys get castrated, huh? Well, here's the thing. So when I used you guys to be, Nick, as you, as you might remember, I was a big proponent of go get superstar wide receivers, trade up in the draft, take chances, go trade for big name wide receivers. And then they won a Super Bowl with Juju and oh, MVS. Oh, so just do the same thing forever. And Kadarius Just do Tony. the same thing forever. Cast off. Never, never go out and try to acquire you know. talent at the pass catcher spot. No, I just because don't the, acquire 31-year-old talent. Nick, because whatever GM, happened in the past if, if, is what's going to if, happen forever in the future. If, we know you believe that with Travis Kelsey. You believe that with all aspects of football. If Nick was a GM, the Chiefs would be in the position the Saints are in. Nothing to show for it and cap hell and screw Excuse for me? Years. That's Excuse what would happen. me? You'd be a terrible GM. <laughs> you would have. You would just think that Travis Kelsey is going to play until he's fifty. I didn't say fifty. I made it very clear: five years. That's too long. What do you mean that's too long? He'll be thirty-nine by then. <laughs> Tony Gonzalez played till he was thirty-eight, and started when he was twenty-one. Oh, congratulations! You found one tight end who played very, very well into his late thirties. I guess that means that's how all tight ends are going to play forever now. No, but I feel because that's like... how life works. You find one example of something, and then that's just how it works forever. I don't think that all. I don't think every tight end is playing until they're thirty-eight years old. Just the one. Just that one. Matter of fact, I don't think any other tight end in the NFL currently playing is playing to the 39. Just why literally he, the why one. Why is he the one? Because he is now, a Nick. huge exception. He's a huge exception to the rule. 
in what regard that he's good? Gold two years ago said that his run a thousand yard hey, seasons just was ending. Because Travis Kelsey's great doesn't mean that like he can't get injured or his body doesn't like take a beating. Nobody's arguing that he gets hurt, but he misses zero time. There's no evidence to support he's going to miss time. And also, you just tried to convince me to take some injury-prone wide receiver. Well, so ex- now you're telling me... Excuse me? <laughs> Did you just call DeAndre Hopkins injury-prone? He has missed two consecutive seasons worth of football, essentially. Okay, tell me how many games he missed, like, in his whole career, leading up until that. Like, one, two. Okay. <laughs> injury-prone, though. No, but you said as people get older, they're more likely to get hurt which is what happened with DeAndre Hopkins. Okay, it's no, the no. exact scenario you're describing with Travis Kelsey. He got older, then he started getting hurt, and then he just kept getting hurt, and I don't know why that's different than the one you're DeAndre trying Hopkins to convince me. DeAndre Hopkins had one injury, and it was one that players play, players suffer all the time in the NFL. Literally all the time. One of the most common injuries <laughs> in the NFL. And guess what? They all miss time due to it. Nobody just plays through it. Yeah, but Travis Kelsey hasn't suffered any of those, ever. He's never suffered those injuries. Chiefs should shine DeAndre Hopkins, and I and I win. You're declaring yourself a victor again? Yeah, That's twice. That's twice. That's now. two wins for me already in the first oh. hour. Yeah, good start. Those are Nick's notable notes. Coming up next, there's something that was the plan all year long. None of us knew it except for two people. We'll tell you what it was and who it involved next.